Hello and welcome to the podcast. Today on How to Be a Human Being, we're talking with Jaden Freeman about how to find your therapist. Jaden is a licensed social worker in the state of Utah and also runs a podcast called Therapy Connections. You can find their podcast on YouTube at Therapy Connections. Let's get to the episode. My name is Jaden Freeman. I am a social worker. I live in Utah. I've been doing therapy for about a year and a half now with one-on-one with a variety of different populations from kids to adults to people who want to be here to court order people. But I got my start uh, working with kids in behavior uh, with different mental health issues, behavior disorders in school districts and, and kids in crisis. Worked a lot with youth until I transitioned to the therapy role and I've worked quite a bit with adults now. I did child protective services for a little bit, a little while as well, which is a really valuable experience. But that's the that's the quick and dirty of of kind of what I've been doing. I've been at a private practice now for about eight months doing this here, and I love it. So awesome! That's really cool. And working with kids is super special. Is that what got you into being a therapist? Is working with kids? It's funny you ask. I originally had this idea after I graduated high school that I was going to go be a uh, do sports medicine. I don't know why. I think I took a sports medicine class that I liked. Once I was registering for college, I realized I hated biology and hated all of that stuff. So took a social work class, an intro to social work class, just because I liked talking to people and helping people, I thought. And so loved the class, met someone there who recommended this job to me to go work at a crisis home in a skills development group, um, like at a local community mental health center. Didn't need any licenses for that. Just needed to be willing, I guess. And uh just fell in love with it there. Yeah, working with kids, working with people in crisis, and I've just kind of let it take me wherever. That's awesome. Is there a specific group of people you like to work with the most? Yeah, the, it, it's changed over time, but these days I really enjoy working with other young adults. I have a lot of clients. I see a lot of clients now who are guys and girls in their early 20s, and I think maybe because I'm like kind of just getting out of that phase of life, I really like talking about it and, and working with people through that. So... The reason I had you on today is I kind of wanted to talk about finding a therapist and how you might do that as just somebody who's who's looking. I know in my area, last time I checked, it was like six months minimum Mm. and get to see a therapist. And that was, you know, you might vibe with that person. You might not. That can be difficult for people knowing that there's a big weight and then you might not even like the therapist that you get. So I kind of want to talk through what that might look like. Let's say you meet with somebody one-on-one for the first time and you as the therapist kind of don't feel like there's a vibe. Is there any situation where you're just like, hey, I don't think we're the right fit? As the therapist, I don't, not usually after the first session. Um, I think the client might get a better handle of that during that first session. It's hard as a therapist because in so many situations, people come to therapy and they're pretty nervous. And they're pretty anxious about it, understandably. So I don't know how much of the true version of them I'm getting. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. So it can be hard for me to make that that judgment call. I haven't had a situation where I've turned someone away at the first session. But after a few, if I feel like it's not going to work, I might I might bring something up. But I kind of try to put the onus on the client a little bit and say, hey, you know what? The number one indicator of successful therapy is how well you get along with your therapist, that relationship, the strength of that relationship. It's not the interventions. It's not the trainings they have. All of those tools are important and they're really good, but all the research has shown the most important indicator for successful therapy is your relationship with your therapist. So I'll kind of explain that to them at the end of maybe our assessment or our intake session and say, you know what? I'm not a salesman. Like 
this I am not trying to convince you to come back like take you I want you to reflect on it a little bit and you know see if you think it's a good fit and most people come back at least for the second or third session but but I think it's important for them to kind of make that assessment call you know what I just the vibes are off they're weird I don't know I don't they're trying to be funny and I don't think they're very funny whatever it is right and and make that assessment but I yeah I try to put the onus on the on the client a little bit at, the, at least in the first session you said that the number one thing is kind of the relationship with your therapist so what should that relationship look like should it just be like complete open honesty from day one this is how I feel how long usually would it take to kind of know if that relationship is going to work out with your therapist how many how many dates should you give your therapist Every, every situation is going to be different because I've had really, really successful clients who kind of keep me in a very professional relationship. I'm here for therapy. Let's talk about my problems. Let's talk about these things. Let's work through them. And those that can work. That can work great. Whereas other people really rely on making that kind of like a, maybe a more human connection. Some people like to know that about my wife and that I have a baby and that I'm a normal human being, right? Self-disclosure, you got to be, you got to be careful. I don't go into my problems because it's not my therapy. But I think it, it helps people to make that human connection sometimes and say, oh, he's a normal dude. He's got a normal life. He's got his own whatever. Either way can work. But I think the most important thing is you build that. It's got to be honest, right? The person who's professional is honest about what they're dealing with. The person who's personal is honest and open about what they're dealing with. But I'd say it depends on the person. Some people are more open book than others. But for the most part, I would imagine, I would bet after about a month of seeing someone, either those walls are coming down or they're down or they're not coming down at all. I, I suggest people always at least come for, give it three or four sessions. The first one's always the hardest to get to because you're nervous and scared, but give it a few sessions to learn how to be the client. We don't think about it. You have to learn how to be the client and get comfortable in that position. Does that answer your question at all? Yeah, it totally does. That you should definitely give your therapist a few chances, maybe if you don't feel the vibe right off the bat, a few chances to get to know you, to build that rapport and the trust. But if after a month, you still aren't feeling the vibe, maybe, maybe find a new therapist at that point. All of us therapists have been dumped before. So it's not like we're going to, you have to worry about hurting our feelings because what we care about the most is your success. So if you got to dump your therapist, you got to dump your therapist. But I say, like you said, give them the chance, give them the chance to build that bond a little bit. And the only way that happens is if you be genuine, right? Whether you're a professional person or you're a more personal person, but you got to, you, you be genuine and see if that bond builds. And I'd like to think that a lot of therapists are in the field because they're good at making those bonds. It's not always going to work, of course, but it's kind of the point of the field, I guess. So hopefully they're somewhat good at it. So I want to transition a little bit to another question I had, which is online versus in-person therapy. What works for some people? What doesn't work? Have you noticed? Have you, have you done online therapy before? Yeah, that's a great question. We really saw the rise of that during COVID, obviously. It wasn't really a thing before. I mean, in rare occasions, you'd hear about it, but now it's kind of like an option. A lot of people will just choose that right off the bat. I think that there's pros and cons. I wish I had a black and white answer for you, but I think there's some pros and cons. One of the benefits is for people who do feel like maybe they've got a lot of social anxiety and that's a really hard thing. It might be easier to start therapy from a telehealth um, situation, a video or a phone call or a text, more people seeking help. All of that's a win. On the downside, I do think I do think it's harder to build a relationship over over video calls or over it gets progressively harder, right? As it's video calls than to phone calls and like some people do like even texting, like exclusive texting. I think it gets harder to build a relationship like that. I think there's something in our human nature that likes being with another person and talking. I know some therapists like doing telehealth exclusively. It gives them a lot of freedom to 
work from wherever they want and go wherever they want and travel and all of those things. Personally, I really like the office dynamic. I like having someone coming here, sitting on the couch and just being in a room and just talking. But it's going to be one of those things that what works for you is what works for you. It's better that you get the phone call therapy than no help at all. If you really feel like you need it, every therapist is going to be different, right? It's like finding that match, finding someone who likes doing telehealth. And if you like doing telehealth, you feel like it's effective, go for it. I've talked to a few therapists who really love in person because they can get more from the body language. Is that really important for you? Or do you find the body language can you can kind of get it over a video call? It's it's interesting you bring that up. There was this uh, research I had read about telehealth and about these kind of things. And our brains actually see telehealth as like re- making good eye contact, right? Even though we're not actually looking at our cameras or looking at each other's eyes. So that's helpful because your brain's not worried about that. But a big part of being a therapist, so like most therapists are pretty familiar with like motivational interviewing, we call it. And a big part of that is like reflecting your client's body language, almost like responding to their body language while you're responding to what they say verbally. And I do think that's an important part of therapy that you don't quite get as much in a telehealth situation. I think the other part you're also worried about, what if your kid walks in the room or what if your phone goes off or someone, I don't know, you know what I mean? There's so many more distractions at home. I get it's comfortable. I love being home too. But I think there's something really intentional about, I'm going to go to the office. I'm going to set aside that time to not be listening to music or on my phone or doing anything else. I'm going to go sit and I'm going to do my therapy. And it's really beneficial as a therapist as well, like you said, to have that body language and be able to read the person a little bit, I think. So would you say in general, in-person therapy can be more effective than telehealth? I would say so. Maybe there's some research out there to, to, to contradict that. But in my experience and in the therapists I work with and the people I talk to, I do feel like if if you can push yourself to as hard as it is to go do that in-person therapy, it'll be more valuable for you. At least more valuable, faster, all of the all all benefits, I think. Awesome. Kind of moving towards another question I had in this discussion. Therapy for men. Do men have an easier time talking to other men or other women? As a man a man who's a therapist, I it's a topic I feel very strongly about because a lot of men don't go to therapy at all let alone worrying about talking to guys or girls. I have clients who are both. I had a, actually one of the first times I was dumped by a client was because he was a man and I was a man. He's like, I just feel weird talking to feelings about talking about my feelings with a guy. It's like, I used to do this with my mom. Like, he's like, it just feels wrong. And so he transferred to another therapist here. And I was like, it's one of those things, right? Yeah, I got dumped, whatever. I'll move on. I'm glad he's getting help from someone, but take into consideration what you're going to therapy for. I think there are a lot of unique experiences um, that I might have being a man that I could probably relate to, right? With another man seeking therapy. I say the best, your best approach is just to go into it non-judgmentally, right? Go with an open mind that a man might be able to talk about your feelings and do it as as good of a job as a woman. Because there is a lot of hesitancy of uh, men going to therapy in the first place, but a lot of men I talk to don't want to see a man. In my experience as well, if you talk to guys who have guy therapists and it's successful, they're like, oh yeah, it was the best thing ever. It was great. Like you said, that first appointment's kind of hard because you have to wait so long to get it, but yeah, be open to it. Be open to the idea of that you could talk to another man and it's going to be okay. Awesome. That actually, you led perfectly into the next question. And you said, you know, as a man, I might be able to help another man because I've been in maybe a similar situation and experienced more similar things to what he has. My question relating to that is about specialists, therapists who specialize in one particular thing. Is it better to kind of find those particular specialists or does your average therapist who just works with everyone know enough about enough things to be able to help your particular situation? 
I think there's some part of us that always wants to go right to the specialist, right? Because we're like, oh, that's going to be the that's going to be the quick way to fix this and address this. And there are therapists who get really specialized. But I think as the field has grown and evolved, the need for specialization has gone down. My thinking behind it is very much when you go to therapy, we all when we sign up, we've got an idea of what we want to work on, right? It's it's my anxiety, it's my depression, it's my trauma, whatever it is. So we're like, okay, well, I'll find someone who specializes in that thing. And that can be great. But a lot of times what people realize in therapy is, okay, I have anxiety, but it stems from this, this, and this, or it's connected to depression, or it looks like this, right? And so what you end up finding is that a specialist might be able to help with that one specific thing, but humans are way more complicated than one specific problem. As the field grows, people are less and less uh, inclined to specialize. In general, it's important that you're, you're a pretty well-rounded therapist. And I think most are nowadays in the realm of finding a therapist, like we're talking about. I think most therapists are pretty well-rounded now, but that's really important because we're complicated beings as humans and it's never quite that simple. Kind of the final thing I wanted to talk to you about was this question that I ask almost everybody that's on. And that is, what are your favorite tools? What's something that a listener can do today to maybe make their life a little bit better? I have I have two kind of go-tos I like to give people as very first interventions, almost universally, no matter what they come in for. The first one is, I call it emotions like tide. I like the tide. Emotions like the tide is all about teaching people to feel their emotions. We spend a lot of our life learning how to not feel emotions and how to push them away, which is very unhelpful. Even think about like if you're a kid and you get sent a timeout, right? What does that teach you? This emotion, don't feel it. It's not okay to be angry. And in reality, part of this exercise is recognizing that emotions are just information. Anger isn't a bad thing. If I punch a hole in the wall, that might be a problem. But anger itself isn't a bad thing. So what I tell people to do is when you start feeling any kind of emotion, good, bad, you just feel something, you're feeling upset, you're feeling frustrated, you're feeling sad, whatever, close your eyes, deep breath, and imagine you're laying on the beach and the tide washes up, right? All the way over you, toes to your head, top of your head, and that's your emotions. And just feel it and experience it. Where do you feel it? Oh, I'm feeling angry. I feel it in my chest. Okay, why do you feel that? What is it telling you? Well, I'm feeling angry because I, someone said this thing and it hurt my feelings and I, I'm upset. Okay, and then you accept that and just accept it and let that tide wash, let it wash out, let it leave. It can be really effective for teaching our bodies where we feel our emotions and how we feel our emotions and start recognizing what they are, which is the first step, I think, in a lot of therapy because your therapist is going to ask you for the rest of time, oh, where do you feel that in your body? What does that feel like? So this is a good start to kind of get people in that habit. It also helps kind of manage emotions. I think you can know what to do when you feel angry. Here's what you do with it. You feel it, you experience it, you take that message from your body and you let it go. I think this is a really effective starting skill, like I said, to recognize emotions, but also because so many of our, our problems are because we're not experiencing them. And then it's a good analogy to say, hey, look, and if you're not feeling them, you're going to let the tide wash up and wash up and wash up. And if you never let them wash out, you're going to drown, right? And then you're going to have a panic attack. You're going to be so overwhelmed. So that's the first one. That's one of my favorite go-tos to start. The other one I like to do is more of, let's start talking nice to ourselves. Um, we don't talk very nice to ourselves and I'll have them pick a, pick a best friend or a partner or a parent or whoever in their life and say, if they were going through what I was going through, what would I say to them? Right? Because we tend to say really positive things. Hey, it's okay. You can do it. No problem. Like I'm here to help you. But when we go through hard things or when we mess up, we just beat ourselves up. So I like to get people in that mindset of what would I say to my best friend if they were doing this or if they were dealing with this and start flipping the gears a little bit and let's be kind to ourselves and give our 
give ourselves the same space to be a human that we give everybody else. I love that. Emotions like the tide and be nice to yourself. That is that is awesome. Jaden, our time is coming to an end. So where can people find you on the internet or in real life? Well, in real life, I am in Utah. If you're in northern Utah looking for a therapist, we're at Healing Connections. That's the name of our business. You can find us there. Online, we started a podcast as well. It's called Therapy Connections. It's on youtube.com slash at therapy connections. Instagram, Facebook, it's all there. Yeah. So we, we started a podcast speaking of resources. The goal being giving some people something to listen to that might be able to help them. Thanks again to Jaden for the chat about finding your therapist. And thanks to the sponsor of this podcast, Level 10 Life Coach. To learn more about their 15-day digital detox, visit level10lifecoach.com. The biggest thanks goes out to our listeners. Thanks for joining the journey and learning how to be a human being.